recording live from the Cryptids Kentucky Derby, watching Yeti and Bigfoot ride giraffes in a neck-and-neck race. This is Craft Cryptids. Can open a cold one with your two favorite brothers, conspiracies, breweries, and everything in between. It's time for Craft Cryptids. Uh, okay with that Yeti. He's a front runner. Come on, Yeti. Yeti, 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 Yeti. What's going on, fella? Yeah, that front runner, front runner for the victory. Funny that it's a neck and neck race. With uh, giraffes have that very, very long neck. Yeah. Speaking of long necks, giraffes um, are born at like six, like they're like six feet tall when they're born. When they're born, they're six feet yeah, tall. Yeah, that's like a that's like a baby giraffe. They're like six feet tall. Wow, that's pretty cool. So uh, where did fact, this well, is like the age old debate okay. about giraffes? So okay. when giraffes turn to adults which in giraffes is like three. They have the giraffe ball. So the male giraffes, where do they wear their bow tie? Is it like right? <laughs> is it like right where their neck starts or at the bottom of the neck? Uh, it's definitely well, is at it the bottom of the neck is, is a bow a tie. Bo- so uh, bottom of the neck is right where it would meet its jacket. Yeah. So I think you, I, I think it would be at the bottom of the neck. But yeah. if it's a boat now, I think in giraffe fashion, likely though, the bow tie is at the top of the neck, but a like Windsor knot tie, like a classic tie would be at the bottom, you know, like it says, it's, so like, I the, see, cause it would be weird for Windsor knot tie to be at the top. And then, cause that'd have to be a really long tie. Exactly. And the, yeah. And you want your tie to go just like, just above your belt about that's like the, the goal you tie a tie so it would have to be a super long tie if it was from the all the way at the top of the neck but with a bow tie the bow tie is supposed to be like the fashion statement you know so you would want that up at at the very top of the neck so what about the giraffes though that wear bolo ties i was just about to say that those bolo ties that should start i think that should start at at the top top. and but it goes all the way down they're super long i think so yeah, I think <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, welcome to another episode of Craft Cryptids, your uh, 24-7 giraffe knowledge central. If you have any pertinent giraffe questions, uh, go ahead and uh, shoot them over to us at Craft Cryptids, uh, Craft Cryptids at gmail.com or Craft Cryptids on Instagram. Or if you uh, want to get some bets in for the Cryptid uh, Kentucky Derby, um, there's a few more races to go. Uh, hit us up. We got a cryptid bookie. Um, the cryptid bookie. It's it tough to find. Tough to find. and But normally, it's normally a um, chupacabra is usually a bookie. Um, yeah, well, but, but this time uh, it was Mothman. Yeah, that's what was weird. The whole dropped out of the flying, the winged cryptid race. Oh, so yeah. it was just going to be the Mothman flying by himself. So uh, he opted to be the bookie instead. He's quite a character, I'll tell you what. I can't really understand a lot. He doesn't have like vocal cords because he's a moth. 
Yeah. But yeah. the man, the way he flutters his wings, hilarious. Yeah, the cryptid uh, summer games coming up. So, you know, you got to get all that info in. I'm excited um, to see how uh, the Lake Lost, the Lake Lock Nets monster does on um, shot put. You know? Lake Lock, the Loch Ness monster has a hell of a breaststroke. I heard. Oh, makes sense. So the beer I'm cracking open today, um, it's been a long time coming for this beer. Um, our cousin Jack, who is our um, meme curator for the podcast. Anytime you guys see memes that we put out there on Instagram or Facebook, um, our cousin Jack, he's the one that creates those. He's pretty good at that. We appreciate it. Um, for my wedding back in October of 2019, um, from wedding gift, he gave me a few beers from Half Moon Bay Brewing Company. Okay. And I've been meaning to review a couple on air, so I'm going to do one today. Um, thanks, Jack, for this. Uh, it's kind of out of season. I should have done this. Um, well, we weren't recording back in the fall, but it would have been the perfect time. So this beer is a pumpkin harvest ale. It's 6.3 ABV, 25 IBU. Now, what's weird is this is labeled as a pumpkin slash yam beer. Oh. So that's interesting. Um, Full-bodied amber ale. It's made with uh, locally grown sugar pie pumpkins. I guess they roast them with a secret blend of spices. And then they uh, add it to the brew kettle. So it's like supposed to be a subtle pumpkin pie spice flavor with biscuity maltiness. Okay. Let me see if it, I agree. And yams. Are yams and sweet potatoes the same thing? Are they similar? They're different, bro. They're different? Are they just... Okay, so normally I'm not a big fan of pumpkin beers. It's just not, I just don't like them. I don't like the pumpkin flavor, but I like this because it's a pumpkin spice to it. Mm, Um, And the one thing it says is pumpkin pie spice. I don't know if you've had pumpkin pie. Um, My daughter makes pumpkin pie every fall um, for Thanksgiving, and it doesn't taste like pumpkin. Uh, It's hard to explain, like, it's not straight pumpkin, right? Because there's like spice, pumpkin spice in it, vanilla extract. So this does yeah. remind me of what a pumpkin pie beer might taste like with a little more spice to it. It's pretty good. I'm, so you're saying it's more of like a pumpkin pie and not like a pumpkin spice latte? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. I would have to. That's pretty spot on. I think I'm going to give this one. This averages a 3.52 on untapped. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with it. I'm going to give it a 3.5. It's a, a nice beer that I'd probably want to have once in a while, seasonal. Um, it's not something – I mean, as you see, it's a, a large bomber. Yeah. Um, again, Half Moon Bay Brewing out there in Half Moon Bay, California. Yeah, 3.5. I'm digging it. I'm going to go check it in now on Untapped. And for all of you out there in California listening to us, if you ever – over in Half Moon Bay, definitely check out Half Moon Bay Brewing Company. It's a cool little spot from what I've heard. Cool, man. Well, I'm drinking, um, you know, I've, I've been a little bit on a flamingo kick lately. So in our neighborhood, there's a ton, 
like there's tons of plastic flamingos on people's yards in our neighborhood, which I love. Like I love it. On St. Patrick's Day, there was this one house that put out specifically green, like St. Patrick's flamingos. Yeah. And I was losing my shit. Like I thought it was the funniest, funniest thing. Uh, so I saw this beer in the uh, grocery store uh, by Great Divide Brewing. Um, okay. It's a strawberry rhubarb sour ale. Ooh, um, it doesn't you know have like a those name. Sours. It's, just, it's just called strawberry rhubarb sour ale. Um, and I've also been on a rhubarb kick because I don't really know what it is when I drink it. I'm like, oh, I love it. That's so good. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever had like rhubarb pie or something. Yeah, it's, what is rhubarb? Rhubarb is. Uh, I'm gonna have to check. It's it like up a. Quick. It's like the stock of a like a. It's like a. It's like a stock of some vegetable. Oh, okay. So um, still have no sweet. idea. It's like a sweeter flavor, so I, I guess. But rhubarb uh, is the fleshy, edible stock of species and hybrids of room plants in the, the family Polygonaceae. So basically, I still have no clue what it is, but it's cool. It it looks tasty over there. Oh, and they book. Oh, they can become toxic or poisonous in the late summer, which makes it even cooler. It's a little dangerous. We're living dangerously. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is on, on uh, untapped. This has like a 3.7. Um, it's really good. I think it's really tasty. It's like very strawberry forward. And then what I imagine a rhubarb, because I don't have a lot of rhubarb experience, but what <laughs> I imagine is a rhubarb aftertaste is very, very sour. Um, it's a bit heavier than like a regular, like it's a bit heavier than like a lactose sour or something like that, that I think we've been drinking a lot of. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3.5. I think the way I would describe this beer is if I saw it again in the grocery store, I'm grabbing it without a doubt. But I might not be going to a beer shop and being like, you know what I need to get is this. Right, uh, right. You know, like it is the per- it is a great um, some you know summer drink, uh, kind of you know whatever late spring drink. Uh, and but I'm not gonna go you know to a to a, like a a, beer, a bottle shop and and search it out. But certainly if if this is and this is exactly where I found it, I found it at a grocery store, and I don't know why I would ever get anything else kind of from a grocery store. It's a great little, great little drink. And the the label really stands out. It's like neon pink. Oh yeah, and that's why flamingo. I brought up the flamingos. There's two yeah. flamingos on it, and it's it's neon pink. It's like a it's like Miami Vice pink. Yep. And honestly, that stands out to me, and that I would be attracted to that if I saw it in the store, not yeah. knowing what it is. Nice, bro. That's what we got going on. And I've been like I'm on a flamingo kick. I've been thinking about a flamingo tattoo lately. Um I still don't know what it was it can't just be a flamingo. It's gotta be doing something weird, you know? Right. Uh I'm thinking maybe like a flamingo with shades on a gold chain. Like <laughs> like in like a like a um unbuttoned like shirt, you know, like it is showing us flamingo abs. I don't know. Still workshopping it. But uh that'd be a we'll great see. tattoo with a flamingo with a six pack. Yeah, exactly. Holding a six pack too. <laughs> That's sweet. Yes, sir. So, um, what are we chatting about today? I'm in a mood for something weird. Yeah, man. So we are gonna go into it's it's one part conspiracy, one part cryptid. So I thought it was a uh, a good one. I'll run through it, and I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of discussion here. Um. The conspiracy is the missing case of Dennis Martin. Um, it's also called Mystery in the Smokies. Uh, 
which is a Smoky National Park and this whole forested region in like um, West, West North Carolina and like Southern Tennessee. Um, and it's also about feral humans. So what? Yeah, we'll get, we'll get going. Uh, okay. That sounds so weird. We're going way back, back in the seventies, you know, light, light one up for my boys. Uh, let's get ready for Woodstock. I actually don't know what Woodstock was, so this might be a bad reference. But in June of 1969, the Martin family is on vacation. And they decide that for Father's Day weekend, they're going to go camping out in the Appalachians. Okay. Um, so they're, at, they're out near the state park, and they, uh, they hike out there. They're backpacking. Um, and they meet another family. Uh, whose last name is also Martin. I thought this was a little weird at first, but it looks like it's just like a common regional name. Huh. Um, but and it's spelled a little, it's spelled a little bit different. The Dennis Martin is M-A-R-T-I-N, and this other Martin family is T-E-N. Not weird. really that okay. important. Yeah. Um, but they're from Louisiana, and they were down in the same same region. They had the same idea. They wanted to go for a uh, a family family camping trip. So these two families meet up, and they both are have young kids. So um, the Tennessee family has two boys. Uh, one is uh, looks like one's seven and one's nine. And the uh, the family, our main character Dennis Martin, uh, his he's six years old. So they're all palling around out in the woods, and you know, as young boys are ought to do, they say, you know, what would be a great idea? Let's scare the living shit out of our parents. <laughs> so they think, you know, and they're not being sneaky. The parents know what up, what's up. Of course. Like they see kids their are kids. Bad at that. Yeah. And so their plan was, hey, um, the Louisiana kids, we're going to come from the left. <laughs> Dennis, you come from the right. We'll sneak through the woods and we'll, we'll spook them. So that's what happens. They, they go out and they split up in like a pincer movement. And the Louisiana kids pop out and they, they scare the family. You know, it sounds like well, they weren't really scared, obviously, but they're laughing. Everyone's having a good time. Um, and pretty shortly after, they realized Dennis never popped out of the woods. Freaking Dennis. Um, Dennis Martin. So he never came through with him, huh? No, he never came through with him. So the dad, uh, William, he, of course, is freaking out after like 10 minutes. I think anyone would be like my six-year-old is in the woods and he hasn't he hasn't shown up yet. Uh, so he starts panicking. He starts kind of like, uh, he starts blasting up the trail, hoping his son just got like turned around, you know, and was like walking in the opposite direction. Um, and they're searching for a couple hours and they don't find oh, damn. Dennis. And so finally Clyde, who is the father of the other kids says, Hey, um, you, everybody here, keep looking for Dennis. I'm going to book it out to the ranger station to get help. Uh, so that's what he does. He gets out to the ranger station and he arrives at the ranger station at about 9 p.m. So pretty late. It gives you Dang. an idea. Like pretty they far had, then. They had backpacked in. So yeah. it was pretty far. Um, and by the time he got to the ranger station, a storm had kind of rolled in. So Classic, was, of course. Yeah, pouring, pouring rain, super muddy. And the, the Smokies are like uh, notoriously like very dense forest. Yeah, uh, and ve- very wet as well. So, uh, you know, pretty common for like these these storms to roll up. Um, 
so the the rangers all head back out there and this search party starts and their classic like search party they're searching through the mountains in like a grid formation um and after a couple of days they still don't find dennis at this point the media picks up on this and um you know and this is the early you know or this is the late 60s so it's on like news programs around uh tennessee north carolina um and the community starts to rally it starts to be like you know boy scout organizations and the national like national guard volunteers and eventually um like 80 green berets show up to volunteer Damn. their time so there's a couple hundred people looking for this kid and it gets to the point where there's so many people it's actually probably detrimental to finding him you know it's been muddy and raining so there's a good chance any clues they found were like either lost in the mud or trampled by people you know searching for him um and so this search party is going on for weeks and weeks, a um, couple hundred people, and there's no clues. Um, finally, in week three, they find a single small Oxford shoe print besides a much, much larger barefoot footprint. So clearly they think this is Dennis and someone else out in the woods. I think maybe somebody kidnapped him. Oh, okay, barefoot, like a human foot. Yeah, sorry, not like I thought you meant like a, I was like a bear. Okay, maybe a no. So a bear, barefoot, like a like, like a, a human like a, being, yeah, like barefoot. a grown man not wearing shoes, which is weird, right? Like it's they're out in the middle of this huge, huge forest. This there's a grown man without sh- like socks or shoes on walking through the forest in the middle of a like a massive rainstorm. It's strange. I think that in and of itself. That's weird. Yeah. You're kind of getting cre- creeped out over here, bro. And so that's the, like, the, the family never finds Dennis. He never, ne- ever? He never, never. Not even his body? Nope. They never find his body. Literally disappeared. He literally disappears. The only Hell thing they find no. is two footprints. One, And that's also what I thought was weird is, like, they found two separate footprints, but only right. one foot of each, you know? So, I mean, maybe the other one was wiped out in the rain or something for each of them, right? Um, and they did find they did find a sock as well, hmm. uh, a, ch- a child-sized sock. So they think, like, maybe it was Dennis Martin's sock or whatever. Um, now, if this is a movie, pan out, and we're going to zoom back in on a different family, the key family. Um, they're in the region at the same time. Uh, at a state park about 50 to 60 miles away. You said it's uh, at the same time too? Yeah, it's at the same time. The and, same. Okay. and I might be, it might not be that far away actually. I said that, but they're at a different state park. They're at a different campground. Um, they don't know anything about this search, right? So I think right. it's like 1969. If you're out in the woods, uh, you don't have a cell phone that's going to tell you this information. You right. Like if you're not going into town, you're camping, even a newspaper, you're not going to, you're not going to know, right? So without having like the TV news. So they're they're out and um, at the same time, and it's a family, um, you know, mom, dad, son, and they're just wilderness watching. They're going bird watching. Uh, you know, it's the Smokies. It's super diverse wildlife wise. Like they're just out there having a good time doing outdoor stuff. Um, so they're out deep in the woods when they see a figure like scramble past them and sc- like screech is how they just des- described it. Oh. Um, at first they thought it was a bear uh, and the, 
the father describes it as a horrendous scream, uh, followed shortly by this figure running through the woods. Um, and at the time, Harold, the father, was like more concerned, like, we need to get the hell out of here. What what the F is that? Or imagine you're out in the woods. Yeah. And you're like a scream. I'm not, I'm not something running by. It's like, yeah, yeah, probably not a safe area to be in. Exactly. Well, the son says, uh, he didn't think it was a bear. And because of that, he was like, no, dad, we're not getting out of here. We're going to see what it is. Okay. Jimmy. Good idea. Jimmy. You know, a 16 year old boy being like, I'm, I have no fear of death. All right, Jimmy. they see this figure go and crouch in, in a bush. And this is where it gets even, if it wasn't weird already, it gets weird. Um, they describe it as being like a disheveled humanoid. So it was like, they can't say it was human, but it was about the size and shape of a human. They said it smelled so, so horrendous. And it was <laughs> covered, covered in muck and grime from head to toe. Um, and they, the direct quote I have here is, it was clear it was trying to either avoid them or scare them off. Okay. So, yeah. Didn't want n- nothing to do with them particular. Yeah, particular. exactly. Just, so, uh, so, so they go and they take this and uh, they head out to the, to the ranger station. They let them know. The rangers don't say it. They're like, okay, whatever. Probably was a bear. Um, they go home and as they're headed out of the um, – out of the park, they stop at a small community to gas up, and they mention it to a couple of people they meet there. And all these people are like, "Oh, it's probably one of the wild men." <laughs> uh, oh, okay. And this family was like, "Okay, whatever the wild men are," and um, a set like, and that's kind of the end of it. So this this family hears this, and they go back home. And once they get back home, the uh, father of the key family sees the the news about. Um, about uh dennis going missing dennis martin going missing and he reports it to the authorities and the authorities are like hey maybe maybe like they start piecing together like maybe this person um kidnapped dennis and had hiked them through the woods like you know this 10 12 15 miles to where this campsite was at and this scream was like the kid trying to like call for help um they never see the kid again. They never see this figure again. And that's kind of the end of the Dennis Martin arc. Like, so that that's what the government <laughs> is saying is what happened to Dennis Martin. What the locals are saying is very different. They're oh, shoot. Okay. They, they have that they call, and they've known about it. It says before this was a national park. Um, they are like, yeah, there's the wild men, the wild people live in the woods. Um, and also known as, they also call them feral humans. So they, they're described in like local urban, like lore as like, um, people or humans who have lived in the woods so long away from society that they're closer to like animals than they are human beings. Yeah. They, uh, they call them like similar to like lit, like little Bigfoots is what they call <laughs> them as well. Like. Um, they have a language. They're always described as having a language of their own. They smell very putrid. I um, mean, they're believed smell to be like the, shit. Exactly, and they're believed to be the descendants of like mountain people who went into the wood, deep into the forest, like during the like um, pioneer days, and never came out. So that's pretty weird. I just want to talk about that, and I have a little bit more here, but um, 
that's pretty strange in and of itself, right, of a story. But I was getting to think about this, like, and you can research this. Anyone can look this up themselves. There's a huge portion of people in uh, Appalachia that still do not have access to running water, electricity. There's no paved roads to their homesteads. Uh, they don't have access to health care or education. Um, there's, you know, as as gross or whatever, as freaky as it is, there are some issues with like um, inbreeding uh, in these like very, very backwards communities. They don't trust modern day society and they have no desire to come into modern day society. So now imagine these people and may maybe there's a, a whole level past them that we don't know about, right? Like where they're like, we don't even wanna come into the homesteading community. Like we're gonna live out in the woods or whatever. So I think that's pretty, pretty, a wild thought, but I don't know how big of a stretch that is. And it just a couple things that come to mind <clears throat> is there was some little documentary. I don't know if it was a documentary or just a YouTube video. Um, they're called a family called the Whitakers. Okay. Um, the Whitakers of West Virginia. And literally what you're talking about makes me think of them because in the video, supposedly is a family that's inbred and like you could tell they're not educated. Um, you could tell they like where they live is super run down. Like, I don't know if they have running water, but I would not be surprised if they didn't have running water and electricity and they look, yeah, they're wearing like t-shirts and stuff, but they look pretty dirty and yeah. it, trying to not be offensive. Like, they seem pretty primitive. Like even how they're like a couple of them talk. It's like, Oh, you know, you're not used to that. So remind everything you're talking about kind of reminds me of them. Well, should, that's go great, look that's it up on YouTube. The Whitakers. Yeah. When you said the way they talk, like the way we talk, me and you, and I mean, everyone is like, it's so, you know, obviously it's formed by like where we grew up and so we, yeah. where we lived, like even small things like slang, you know, is like, very ingrained from you, like where you, where you grew, where you lived, you're like your formative years, but even then like it changes, right? Like as we watch TV and as we listen to podcasts and as we do whatever, we listen to other people talk, we like, we, we, we take some words of our own. Now imagine if you, and we make up words all the time, right? It's a living, like language is living. Imagine yeah. you, you live out in the middle of nowhere and the last, like the last influx of English language was in 1880 what you it might sound like you're speaking a different language to other people but right. you got your own made up words and slang from the other folks that have been you've been interacting with like you're going to make up terms for things you don't know because you don't have you know like oh is that a car no it's a whatever right whatever the word is it's a shooting needy yeah ex no exactly so i don't know i don't think it's that crazy to think like like when i went to new orleans and we were out in the uh, swamps because we did a swamp tour. Uh, our guide had no problem. You know, he had a little bit of a Louisiana accent. When we stopped, I stopped at a local bar. I was struggling to understand what the bartender was saying to me. Like, well, I, just a mixture of his it, accent and words he was using, or yeah, it was his accent. He was like, it was it was rough. Like the words he was using, I had no idea what he was talking about. Like, you know the terms that we would use for something here, like maybe are not the same term. Like I asked for a shot and I have, I, I have no idea what he called it. Uh, it was not a shot of tequila that he gave me. 
uh, <laughs> but so yeah, I, I think it's like just even regionally you have these places, or like you know when an American tries to listen to somebody uh, who's from you know the the country of Scotland, it's technically the same language, right? Or it's technically speaking English, but there's something very different there. Like the regions kind of, yeah. So that, I thought that was really interesting. And then this kind of all prompted me to do some more research, which is, I think the craziest part of this whole story. So according to the locals, the FBI at this, up until the, you know, 69, were well, well aware that there were feral people in, um, in the Smokies National Park before it was a national park. They were well aware that there had been, you know, whether they weren't calling them feral people, but they were people who had been living deep, deep in the woods um, and causing a ruckus. Um, some saying they were cannibals, <laughs> some saying they were just like, they would murder people to take their belongings, you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, but according to the locals, up until the early 70s, um, or the late 60s, I should say, there was a team of agents going into the woods trying to catch what they were calling these wild men. Um, hmm. And then this takes us back to Dennis Martin. Do you remember those Green Berets that were in the forest searching for Dennis Martin? Yeah. Supposedly, while the official like reason that the FBI brought them in to help look was because they had experienced in dense, wet jungles like Vietnam... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the real reason was for them to find, try to find the wild people and dispose of them before the media found out they existed. Huh. Um, and it's a simple reason why it all comes down to money. If you look at this region, it's the poorest in the country. It is, without the national park, all these communities would be, um, they're already impoverished, but they would just fall apart. They would fully collapse. It brings in millions and millions of dollars a year for tourists stopping to get gas, renting kayaks, getting camping stuff, going into town to buy groceries, buying guides, all that, you know, all the things that outdoor recreation does without, um, with, you know, it, if it got out that there were feral human beings living in these woods, it would be bad for business, essentially. And so the FBI were uh, made the decision like we're not going to go public with this because if we do, we're going to have a humanitarian crisis on our hands of right. millions of people um, having no jobs, no house, no access to anything um, because of a small group of, uh, of uh, wild human beings living out in the woods. And so what turned me on to this whole thing was there was a TikTok post of, um, and it, it wasn't a, like a viral TikToker. It was just some random person uh, was saying like, Hey, I was out in the woods camping and I heard this screech and I went and talked to the ranger and the ranger's like, uh, yeah, it's probably one of the wild people. You need to, you need to get your camp. You need, you need to move camp. You need to get out of here. This is, they've, they're essentially saying this is their territory. So you should get out of here. Wow. Um, and then another, another random TikToker who, and these are people who don't have a lot of followers or they don't have a lot of videos was like, Oh yeah. Wild people is pretty well known. Like, they're known to kidnap little kids. Uh, we think they're cannibals, but um, as she was saying, they were like, ch like backwoods Appalachian um, children who were abandoned in the woods, who survived, 
and essentially like they're their own community of people out in the woods but because they've been away from their most recent uh contact with society was still not much of a society you know and they were raised by themselves out in the woods they're like their own community of uh, feral feral humans what the so, oh. uh and then, and then of course you know it's hard to it's hard to say like what's people just like picking up on a tiktok trend or not but there was a lot of people unconnected to this who were like yep i've camped out in the smokies i've camped in the same area of the smokies we saw a human like scuttering along there's a lot of stories of like um convicts who escaped in the early 70s uh escaping into the woods because they weren't they're not very built up yeah still, still living out there so it's, it's kind of this mixed bag of like are they is it a cryptid is it a, is it like is it a type of bigfoot for example is it are they human kids who were who survived out in the woods and raised themselves so they're not really like they don't have an access to language or education are they are they just criminals who are living out in the woods committing you know robbing and committing crimes because they <laughs> have to survive or they're sociopaths um sociopaths i like that one reminds yeah. me of like an x-files show did you ever see the episode there was an x-files episode where this family lived on a farm and the family i think there was three brothers two or three i forget and they were definitely inbred because you know they had all these deformities um their mom had no arms and no legs and the mom was on like you know against the wall and her name was eileen (laughs) oh my gosh I got a bunch of those jokes, but no, she was on, you know, like the, the furniture movers where it's like just wood and has oh, wheels. Yeah, 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 yeah. she was laying on like one of those under a bed is where she stayed. Yeah. Not to get weird, but they were like roller out to do stuff like super inbred weird. stuff. It's actually a weird, weird episode. The documentary? No, it's an episode. No, it's okay, an X Files episode. Thank yeah. God, it's an episode. Uh, it's a really, really good episode, but it's really, really weird. The yeah. X Files, man, especially the first couple time. seasons, like they would have a running storyline, like with a running arc, but like every other episode would be just a standalone episode, like that didn't really do anything with the. The long arc story. Yeah. I loved it. it was great. Episode. So X, X-Files is like, was it like a true, true crime style show? No. Like, but You've like never creepy. seen X-Files? It was before my time, dude. I think I watched one episode of X-Files when I was a little kid and it scared the living shit out of me. It was scary, bro. Like, if you're watching it at like age 10, it's creepy. Yeah, exactly. I need exactly. to go back and watch them all. Trust, It's a great series. It, it got a little... It gets a little weird, and I, I never oh, finished yeah. the last couple seasons. Just in, but inbreds doing weird stuff wasn't weird. No, itself. it's the X Files, bro. Nah, so, do you think it's like the movie Wrong Turn? You think these inbreds are just killing people and stealing their stuff? And I don't know, man. I think I think there's something going on, and I think it makes sense. The government like doesn't isn't that they would know but they're not going to tell us about it because it is, you know, it might be a simple motivation. Like it comes down to money, but if it's between, you know, 20 to 30 people going missing a year and millions of people 
having their lives fall down around them because of like economic reasons, yeah. they're going to choose the 20 to 30 people then and keep it secret. Like it's shitty to say, but that's what they're going to do. Um, yeah. Oh, this is another thing that I forgot to mention. This super creep. This might be one of the creepiest things. <laughs> so, um, one of these, uh, I was on a Reddit and there wasn't like a whole subreddit about this. I had a really like day. It was just like people mentioning it in other Reddit like threads, like camp. And so I was on like a, I was on like an Appalachia camping trail one, and this one person's like, "Hey, like, re- be really careful on this region." Yeah, I was doing the Appalachian trip because it's like a through hike, right? I was doing the Appalachia um, through hike, and I came upon um, a man covered in grime and soot eating a deer raw, like with his face oh, hell in no. the deer. It's like so, and he's and they were like, at first I thought it was a wolf or a bear, but it was too small to be either. Uh, and when I saw this, it started like not not chasing to kill me, but like trying to chase almost like an animal chasing you off a kill. Yeah. Like get out of here. So again, I turned around and went into the city and I stopped my through hike. Uh, <laughs> so pretty wild, man. I don't know. So yeah, I, I did a lot of research on this and I, I think um something's happening. It's hard to it's hard to know, man. What's what are people like exaggerating or uh, as, as an exaggerator myself? Or like t- spinning a story and people generally being scared, but um, there's enough there's enough people with stories in this region that I think something something is going wrong. So to um, go back into the X Files talk, I had to look it up. Yeah, because um, it was a disturbing episode, and I remember there being a lot of talk in the media about it. So. Um, the episode is called Home. Um, it first aired in October of 96. It's episode two from season four. After it was aired, um, Fox actually banned the episode from being played again. <laughs> oh, my God. That's kind of yeah. crazy. So it's due to its graphic nature. Yeah, there is, And I forgot about this part, the baby murder. There was a baby that was killed. Oh. References to incest. And there's other murders that take place that are really brutal from this family. Yeah, so season four, episode two, um, it's it was a great episode. I mean, it's it's weird, of course. But yeah, yeah. It, it was really good. It's pretty wild. I mean, I imagine the people who listen to this podcast would love X Files. Exactly. I'm sure they've already seen it. Yeah, it's a perfect subsection. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we got today. So let me, let me ask you, what, what do you think is going on or don't, or what do you think is not happening? And what are you going to give a chug or toss it to? Hmm. It's a lot to unpack there because Dennis Martin going missing kind of reminds me of the missing 411 episode we did, right? Yeah. Which I'm still so interested in the missing 411. Um, Kind of a sidetrack. Any, I saw a bunch of pictures when I was looking into this about the missing 401 and about like random stair like stairways found in national forests and like parks and like state parks and whatever. And it's just it's creepy. I get super creeped out. Huh, I'm gonna have to look uh, that up. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we might have talked about it, but maybe not. But there's a phenomenon where like um, almost every place in a national like there's like hundreds of reports of people going missing in national parks where they've also found a stairway in the same area. 
like a stairway built right in the middle of the forest. It doesn't it doesn't lead to anything? Um, if you look it up right now, just stair staircase in the forest. Imagine uh, walking upon that, just like especially if you're lost in the forest or in a national park. Yeah, well, and there's like a lot of thoughts that like this, like a lot of people say like. Uh, uh, like the urban myth is like if you walk to the top and back like you need to count how many stairs and that's how you like because if it's the wrong number of stairs you've entered in like a different like a different reality like a parallel universe or something like uh, and then you like you need to go back up and down or whatever Um, people report like walking up the stairs and walk back down the stairs and being in a fully different forest and different like I walk like I walked up at like eight a.m. and I came down and it got like completely dark and I was like in a different in a different uh, state altogether. Um, I'm that's sure a conspiracy too, but yeah, it's freaky, man. I'm it's, sure there's easy explanations for the stairs out in the middle of the forest. Like think about um, Yosemite National Park, right, where we stay in housekeeping. If you go across the bridge, um, the wooden bridge, you know, there's nothing there. There used to be campsites. Yeah. They had like a, a tiny amphitheater there and there's like steps in that. Like imagine over time, maybe that part of it just falls apart. There'll be random steps. I don't know. But back to what we're talking about. I yeah, think that, that should be a full ep- Maybe we'll do that next week. We'll do yeah. a full episode about stairways in the forest. Cause I have a great quote right here that I just found about it. Save it, save it for, yeah, I'll save it. I'll save we it might have week. to, let's do it next week. We'll do the staircases and I'm sure we could throw in, we could do yeah, a second we'll find yeah. topic. So I'm going to chug it to. So the Whitakers of West Virginia that I mentioned, if you guys go watch mm-hmm. that on YouTube, you'll get an idea of what we mean by primitive. Like, I definitely think it's a possibility and I'm going to chug it to it that out in that region that Dennis Martin walked upon one of these people, whether you want to call him a feral human, a humanoid, I'm going to, I'll say it's maybe just one of these families that are really primitive and um, have no access to education, no access to electricity, which would give them zero access to the outside world and this person walking upon them and them just being like, what the, who the hell is this? Yeah. Very primitive thinking of you're on our territory, you know, just like animals do. They have their territory and they're like, all right, yeet. And they take them and who knows what they did with them, killed them and buried him, killed him and ate him, killed him, yeah. used his bones for doorknobs. I don't know. For doorknobs? Yeah. Used Made uh, a child for their garden. So they they'll take apart his knees and use the kneecap as a oh oh, no (laughs) but yeah so i'm gonna chug it i'm chugging it chugging it to the possibility that that is within the realm of things that could have happened yeah i i get i i feel that too i think i do like this idea maybe just because it's much more approachable of like there being a small group of like escaped convicts who are living out like psych, you know, like sociopaths who are living out in the woods and like they're the ones killing people and acting crazy because like their brains are just hardwired to be jacked up or what we would consider jacked up. Right. Uh, I like that. I, I am going to chug it to something's going on. Um, and I just think in national parks and forests in general, something's going on. Um, the amount of people that go missing, um, <clears throat> Of course, ninety percent of them are probably 
people who went off a trail or, or got lost in the woods or something, but there's right. something weird going on here. Uh, so I want to check into that. And I certainly hope there aren't bloodthirsty feral cannibal humans in the Smokies, but I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> I see what you did there. Nice, bro. Oh, he's chugging his beer. Flamingos yeah. going upside down. I'm loving it. That was a great, um, that was a great topic. And you just got my mind going of all these things I want to look up now too. So yeah, that's the thing I love about like these kind of it's a conspiracy and a cryptid kind of roll into one is that right. uh, there's a lot of like there's a lot of interesting things that could be or you know that you could like try to work through like well maybe if this is real then it's probably an Appalachian family that has been inbred for like a hundred years <laughs> if that's true. They could be feral people, and if they're willing to do that, maybe they're willing to eat people. Like uh, you could really unravel that onion, un unpeel that onion, no, and no, unravel it. That threaded onion, that <laughs> onion that's been weaved together, you can unravel it. Nice man. Well, thanks everyone for uh, the listen, and as always, check us out, Craft Cryptids on Instagram, um, all that junk. And um, yeah, until next week, <laughs> Jonathan, you laughed at that when I said all that junk. Yeah, that was great. I mean, let's be real. We never get emails, but one of these days are going to man. Hey, and look, uh, we're back. We're back up and running. I know this is crazy. Like, like, hey, whoa, these guys have another episode coming out. What the fuck's going on? Uh, but please tell your friends or family members. Uh, don't be embarrassed to let them know that you listen to the best podcast um, this side of the Mississippi. Um, Which side of the Mississippi, though? I guess people side, probably whatever know. Whatever side our listeners on. Whatever side our listeners there on. There we go. That that, side of the Mississippi. That reaches all our demographics right there. Yep, yep. And, and look, even in France, if you're our French listener, you're on a side of the Mississippi River. Yes. So. Uh, our French listener still haven't heard from you. Um Email us, craftcryptids at gmail.com, craftcryptids on IG, at craftcryptids on Twitter. Um, we don't use it that much, but if you message us there, we will get it. Um, send us a carrier pigeon, something. I, we're going to keep bringing, we're going to have, yeah, we're going to keep bringing you up. Yeah. Every episode, we're going to talk about you until we get a message from you. Yeah. And if so. you don't understand us because you don't speak English, why are you listening to every episode? Don't really get True. it. I don't get it either, but uh, shout out to all of y'all. So, again, t- you know, we're trying to get back rolling here. Tell folks, you know, um, you know what? We have a store somewhere that maybe we'll try to pop back up. Um, really, it's more for fans to rep craft cryptids. We're certainly not. Uh, we're certainly not making money off the podcast, <laughs> and that's not a goal. Yeah, so, it never has been a goal. So yeah, we'll have to get a new store going because, long story, the listeners don't need to – know all this but the store is not it's just we need a new store we'll figure it we out we need a new store yeah but uh summer's coming around and we will get a craft cryptids tank top out for y'all uh let's unisex do it. unisex tank top yeah so, we're inclusive let's do it <laughs> this is the most <laughs> inclusive cryptid podcast run by two white dudes you've ever listened to um, <laughs> all right awesome thanks y'all and we're uh, looking forward to listening to next week later man
think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. It's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry. And that's extra scary to me. Because there's a large, out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. Run, he's fuzzy. Get out of here. Gotta go. I have a... 